Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 9th. And a beautiful morning it is. Let me see. Let me open this. Nope. Clear skies this morning. Very good. Just got the cup of coffee. Not really about ready to talk about anything specific this morning. I'm just kind of glancing through the headlines. I probably tell by my voice, I just woke up. But yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in podcast land. I hope it's a great one this Wednesday. Um, like I said, there's really nothing I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the impeachment stuff. That That's a bunch of nonsense. Um, but there is one, or two stories actually, that kind of jump in most <clears throat> and that's the fact that here on the front page of the East Bay Times uh, PG&E is going to shut off about 800,000 customers in the Bay Area and it has a nice little map on the of, of the areas that, are, that could be affected uh, starting today or it says projected by PG&E Tuesday, so they projected this Tuesday, and I'm looking at this map, and I'm I'm right there, I'm right in this little kill zone, the danger zone, I guess you could say. So hopefully it's it won't be too too bad. I mean I do got meat and produce in my refrigerator. That's kind of the one thing I'm concerned about. Other shit, I really don't care. Uh, basically, the reason is uh, high winds are expected to raise risk of catastrophic fires across the region. Now, I don't know why they would affect a densely popu- populated area like uh, the one I live in. I can understand them uh, doing it to like rural communities up there in the Lake County area. And Napa County, up north, that direction, uh, they they seem to be the areas most affected by, you know, these fires. So, but they got it all over the map, as far south as Santa Cruz County, down in Santa Cruz, and it looks like all the way up to north of Eureka in Redding. Take a glance at this real quick. PG&E on Tuesday afternoon announced an 
unprecedented power shutdown to nearly 800,000 customers early today, including 278,000 in the Bay Area under a new program intended to prevent catastrophic wildfires in the wake of deadly blazes linked to, uh, to its equipment. The news uh, Tuesday came as cities and residents scrambled to prepare for planned blackouts of up to a week in portions of 34 northern, central, and coastal California uh, counties where high winds were expected to sweep in today. I'm looking out the window. I don't see no wind yet. It's not to say it will happen. The day has just begun, so... Uh, quote, this, this area could go up like a torch, said Joe Wilson, a retired Lockheed engineer manager and real estate agent who lives in the, in the dry hills on the eastern edge of San Jose and approves of PG&E's public safety power shutdown program. I'd rather have this than a wildfire. Uh, in the Bay Area, portions of Santa Clara, Alameda, Contra Costa, San Mateo, Marin, Sonoma, Napa and Solano counties were listed by PG&E as locations where shutdowns were being readied. Because some PG&E power lines pass through urban zones with low fire risk on their way to high-risk areas, power outages, power outages may include neighborhoods like some in Oakland, just east of Lake Merritt, and others in East San Jose. Ah... Uh. Turning pages here. Uh, East San Jose. Uh, fire is unlikely. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the picture here. Uh, PG&E expects to begin turning off power in some areas early Wednesday, just after midnight. The utility stated Tuesday afternoon. The power will be turned off to communities in stages, depending on local timing of the severe wind conditions, beginning with counties in the northern part of the state. Uh, and said uh, that peak winds were expected to roar through northern and central California from this morning through Thursday morning, reaching speeds from 40 to 55 miles per hour, with isolated gusts up to 60 to 70 miles per hour, the utility warned. And it goes on. So, they have a nice little section where they're telling people how you can keep your food fresh during this rolling blackout thing they're going they're going to be doing. I don't know if they'll do it here. I I would. I'm trying to think. I don't think there are major power lines going through where I live. You know those large, large, tall power lines. Not your average utility pole, but. You know what I'm talking about, those really tall mammoth electrical cable ones that that hang high above. I don't believe there's one around here, at least not in this part of the, of the community I live in. Well, we'll see, but just in case, get some ice going, and hopefully, you know, you can make some blocks of ice, if you can do that. And shove it in your freezer and shove all your perishables in the freezer for the day. Just in case. So that's pretty fascinating. I'm just kind of just, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with this podcast. And I was going to pick out certain topics and stuff like that to go over. But I think more and more as I go through this podcast, I'm just kind of going to just 
freestyle it, really. Because you really can't, I mean, <laughs> so much going on in the world these days. I mean, you go to sleep, you wake up, and there's something new each and every time. So, looks like the, the opinion page in the East Bay Times is typical Bay Area news rags. This guy with an opinion. Oh, what do you expect? It's from the Washington Post. It's not from the East Bay group. Bay Area News Group. Uh, but this guy, Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post. He's got a little title here. GOP's bootlicking cowardice appears to know no bounds. <laughs> and he's got a picture of old Rubio. Old little Marco Rubio. Of Florida. Uh, said that President Trump called on the despotic Chinese government to investigate a former U.S. vice president and his family. He was just kidding around. <laughs> I think that's a shot at fucking, uh, what's-his-face. Uh, Shifty Schiff, is that what Trump calls him? Adam Schiff, that, that piece of garbage in Southern California, those poor people that are being represented by that weasel, that the guy looked like he took a big fat hit off a meth pipe. Eyes popping out of his skull. So I think that was a kind of a, a, a cheap shot, saying he was doing a parody. That's what Schiff said when he <laughs> fabricated all that crap. Trump, Trump's phone call, that was crazy. All right, so, like I said, this is there's really nothing... That's going to be going, that I'm picking up on today. It's a slow morning. It's a Wednesday morning. It's hump day. I'm really jumping off. Wow. All right. So I'm going to take a little pause here in the podcast. Kind of fiddle around with the, the internet and the paper and see what else is out there. Um... Maybe give you an update on my bike. Oh, my bike. That's another horror show. All right. Let's take a pause, and I'll be right back after this. Okay. I'm back. Oh, man. Like I said, nothing really big. But you know, there's one thing that's standing out. Might as well talk about it. I really wanted to avoid it. And that's Hillary Clinton. She's somehow making the the rounds again on news. Well, she's always... I mean, she's kind of like that mosquito that keeps getting in your face, you know? You try to brush it away and it just keeps coming back in your face. That's Hillary Clinton. She doesn't know how to just stay in the woods. You know what I mean? But anyhow... Besides her running around the world, popping up and saying, hey, look at me, everybody. Um, she is going, doing the, the rounds, basically uh, telling everybody that she might jump back in the, in the presidential campaign ring and uh, put on her gloves and start fighting. <laughs> to become president again, she still she still believes that that was robbed from her. But I have seen her. It's pretty funny. I'm just trying to see if I can find an article on it. 
just any old article is pretty funny to read. But yeah, Hillary Clinton, man. I don't know what, you know, I mean, let's think of, think about, think about this for a second, ladies and gentlemen. If Hillary Clinton would have became president of the United States rather than Donald J. Trump, we would have never, ever have, have seen so much corruption come to light. It just, it, it, it's, it's what Trump has done is exactly what he said he was going to do. Drain the swamp. Exposing the corruption, and we all knew that basically government is is, is shady. I mean, that's kind of like generations and generations. Everybody knew never trust the government. Oh, fuck the government. Government, 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 government. You know, don't trust them. I mean, that's kind of like in <laughs> that's kind of like a natural thing. You know, down with the government type of stuff. But what Trump has done is literally brought the issue to light, exposing the truth and that's something when you have a bunch of politicians many of which are attorneys when you get a group of those kind of you know parasites together in one chamber you know you're going to get a bunch of criminals crooks and liars you know it's like a, a viper's nest or you know what i mean a viper's pit he drained the water and exposed the vipers. Drained the swamp. The bottom feeders. You know? If Hillary Clinton would have became president, we would never have known about. Could you imagine? We're right now at this time. We're sitting there. These people are getting their backs pushed against the wall over one man. One political party has absolutely been rattled by their corruption. The corruption has come to light, I should say. The Democrats. And, and, and everything that they were hustling and weaseling and doing all their little shady shenanigans, all that shit is finally being exposed by one man in the last three years. And they hate it. And they're doing they are showing the true colors of who they really are. I.e., for example, look at Adam Schiff, who will literally take a written document, a documented document, <laughs> okay, if that if that's a word. Uh, a doc it's documented. It's a document, five pages of the phone transcript, and literally lied to to everybody on Capitol Hill and the American public in front of all the cameras, all the microphones. That, it just flat out lied about what the president said to the Ukrainian uh, president. It was just a lie. That is a prime example of how shady these people are. They are... It's in their DNA. It's in their career. It's in their resume to lie. To bullshit us, the American people. And that's what they're doing. That's what Schiff is doing. 
and they're doing it to Trump. They're lying. They, they, they openly know they're caught red-handed about all the bullshit they are doing. And they don't care. They don't care what you think. They don't care what I think. Why should they care? They're the government. They, they, they run the show in their mind. See, that's what power elitists do. Look at Nancy Pelosi. Another hot mess. She sits on top of her pile of money in the San Francisco hills. Meanwhile, just a mile down the road from a street from her, uh, her gated, or should I say a wall, her residence, which is a compound, just a mile down the road, there's people dying on the streets. Just, just to let you know, you know, they're shooting up, they're shitting and crapping everywhere in their pants, uh, behind a dumpster, uh, just in the public. By the way, her nephew, if you don't know who her nephew through marriage is, Gavin Newsom, you may ask yourself, who's Gavin Newsom? Oh, well, he's conveniently now the governor of the state of California. Another progressive hot mess. That tall goon with that fire trap on his head. We would have never, ever have known about the, the, the inside corruption that politicians... And it's not just Democrats. There's some wheezy... You can tell there's some weasley Republicans in there, in that mix. Some old rhinos. The weak-hearted conservative... They're doing the same thing. They're, they're, you know, they probably work with the, you know, they're friends with the guys on the other side of the aisle. They probably say, hey, yeah, hey, well, you know, hey, what's going on, Diane? You know, how you doing, Diane F? What's happening? Hey, what's the deal with them? Uh, you know, that Chinese guy. He's got a hook up on this and that. And, 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 and I'm telling you, man, you know these guys are, you know, you know they're just kind of, they're they're shaving off votes. To appease the other person on the other side of the aisle by, you know, working a deal. An underhanded deal. There's a lot of, I bet there was a lot of that going on long before I was born. Politicians, man. And now she wants to cut, she wants to get back into the mix, Hillary Clinton. The queen of corruption. The bitch that sat there and told a bunch of her aides to bust up a whole bunch of Motorola phones, some Blackberries. Wipe out 30,000 plus emails when Congress subpoenaed for them. She erased them, bleached them. That's the correct term, bleaching them. Total cover-up. Total hustle. And she wants to become the president of the United States. That's a fucking joke, man. Trump will tear her up. (laughs) And rightfully so. She's got a big mouth. She's got a big ego. I bet she was the one that wore the jock strap in the family. It sure in the hell wasn't Bill. Bill, that's a sham of a marriage. I don't even know how the hell there's... That, that's just a matter of political convenience right there. 
and and if I really want to hit below the belt, you know, I look at Chelsea Clinton. I don't know. She doesn't look like she's related to any of them. She looks like an adopted, you know, just by the, you know, because usually, you know, people, when they have children, I don't know, maybe this is a, too much of a low shot on Chelsea because I really don't have too much negative things to say about her. I, I know she wants to stick up with her, you know, to her, you know, that's her mom and dad, and I get that. But if I was really, you know, just when you look at it for what it is, you know, from my point of view, Chelsea does not look like she's related to either Bill or uh, Hillary. She doesn't look like any of them. Makes you wonder if, you know, maybe she's kind of like adopted or something. You know, I, I, I just have that imagination going on in my head. Like Hillary's telling Bill, no, I don't want to, you know, I'm too beautiful. I'm, you know, this is back in the day when actually she kind of looked decent, somewhat decent. I don't want to ruin my body. I don't want to have any children with you, Bill. I don't want no attachments. I, you know, any attachment to you, Bill. You know, because she's probably thinking like, you know, if I get a, if I get a divorce with Bill, I don't want him to, you know, be touching my money. You know, I'm a career woman. You know, and Bill's probably like, you know, this is a sham of a marriage. You know, I'll just go check out this, you know, this intern over here. I'll have sex with her and then I'll deny it. I'll lie to Congress about it. I'll get impeached. But I'm a Clinton, so I can get away with shit like that. I can get away with impeachments. So she's, you know, it's probably just... <laughs> is what it is, man. I, I just think that that... <laughs> Hillary Clinton, man. coming, God, could you imagine it? Boy, that really rattles my... My bones. All that... American uranium she sold... To get this dossier to set up Trump, all the shit they, that her and her husband did, and and even Bill, what a scumbag! What is her name, uh, Miss Robert? Uh, oh, those women uh, that Trump had <laughs> basically brought to the forefront of the campaign in 2016. The women that, that flat out said Bill Clinton raped me, Bill Clinton uh, sexually assaulted me. They said this stuff. Nobody listened to these poor women. Hillary Clinton laughed it off. I think she was on some interviews and even claimed, oh, I don't know. You know, They're crazy. Those women are crazy. Then you had those far leftists over there, you know, with the Me Too movement. You know, screaming about sexual harassment. Why didn't they say anything about these poor women? These poor women are sitting there saying, hey, man, you know. Bill Clinton's up in the audience. There's my there's my rapist right there. And he just got a stupid look on his face like, you stupid. You know, he's angry, kind of, you know, like, you stupid bitches. Why aren't you all snitching on me? You know, I kind of had that, that Weasley anger look. We wouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? We would never have known how bad it really is in Washington, D.C., we would have never known if Hillary Clinton would have became president. And, to, it, and for her to have the gall to sit there and say, you know, I just might do that. And then what did she tweet? She tweeted something about Trump. Uh, 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 he says, he, you know, he was inviting her to come back or something. He tweeted something. Off, and she wrote, uh, <laughs> don't tempt me. She replied to Trump saying, don't tempt me. 
Do your job. <laughs> That's beautiful. What she needs to do is shut the fuck up. Quit going around TV and all these other little book signings you're doing and all these things trying to gain gain notoriety and popularity and trying to be relevant. You're neither of them things. You're a pain in our ass, and I hope... You know what? Would I... I'm just going to finish off on this. Would I even enjoy seeing a Hillary Clinton-Donald Trump rematch? Fuck Yeah. Hell yeah, I would. But you know, with that being said, if the if the Democratic Party put all their faith because Joe's sinking, I mean the guy Joe Joe Biden's really going down in flames. But if we threw uh, Hillary Clinton in there, my God, that'd be two point right there. Are you kidding me? The rematch, Trump would cut her down, man. Because if they can't, if the if Democrats can't get Joe in there. They don't want Elizabeth Warren. She's so far left. Her and that and Bernie Sanders, he looks like he's on his last legs. And the rest of the goons in the pile of Democrats are they're running. They just look like a hot mess. They, they, there's just no way they're going to get in. So it's either Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's going down in flames with his corruption, with your him and his son do, doing dealings with Ukraine. And you got Elizabeth Warren, who just constantly lies. I think she just lied too. Again, I think about being uh, blaming that she was uh, back in the day that she couldn't be a teacher because she was pregnant when it was actually she wasn't even qualified. Something like that. So she's lying on TV again. She's out there lying. Joe's out there lying. Ber- uh, Bernie Sanders. Hey, you know, one thing you can say about Bernie Sanders, he's not a liar. He'll tell you straight up, I'm going to tax the fuck out of you. I'm going to make your lives miserable so everybody else can have, you know, so we can get everybody on health care for everyone and all this other stuff. I mean, he has no shame. I think he was talking like, yeah, I own 10 years. And, well, that's a measly, you know, 20, 20 trillion, 20 plus trillion dollars. More, probably 36, I think the number was. Who knows? But he has no shame, so as far as Bernie goes, he may be a ske- you know a skeevy communist, but he's not going to lie to you. He's going to tell you exactly what the hell he's going to do to you, unlike the others. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking the Democrat party, party right is just saying to themselves, you know what, we ain't got nobody who's going to go against Trump. They know it. That's why this whole impeachment thing's gone. And now all of a sudden, you know, you, they know they have to bring down Trump. It is their only shot to to keep him from being reelected is to vote uh, or is to impeach him out, which is pretty stupid because the next person in line is Mike Pence, and Mike Pence is super ultra uber conservative. If you think you're taking Trump out of the equation, it's going to do some harm. To the agenda, to Trump's agenda, you're, you're you're wrong. Mike Pence is like a mini me, but he's high octane. So Democrats should really think about it. But now you get these stupid. I've seen some stupid woman on what was it M- MSNBC, one of those goofball networks, and she's sitting there saying, "Well, you know what we should do first is we should uh, we should." Impeach Mike Pence first, 
and then finish up on Trump, and then that way he can't vote anybody in to replace him, because the next in line would be Nancy Pelosi. Now, could you imagine that hot mess? That scenario? Nancy Pelosi being present? Holy Christ, get ready. You want to see your country go down in flames, you get Nancy Pelosi. You figure out a way to corrupt people to, to put Nancy Pelosi in charge. Look at her. Look at San Francisco. It would look like San Francisco in the streets of America. That kind of shit would trigger civil war action. You know, I've talked about that too. Civil war. You know, it's like you know. But I mean, so they don't want they don't want those scenarios to play out. The Democrat Party, the DNC, they don't want to play that out. They don't want those people in there. If Joe can't get in there, even though he's you know absent-minded and he's a goofball and he's a loudmouth and basically now we know he's a crook and a liar and a hustler, corrupt. They want to now. They want to say, "Oh, let's dust off old Hillary. Let's brush off that you know all that moss from the woods that she's been running around in. Just dust her off." Put her back in a pantsuit. Put her on stage. It's the rematch. Am I worried about her getting into the into the fray? No, no, not at all. So her her she's only inviting more trouble for herself. She's lucky she's not locked up from all the the, the things she has done to our country seditious things treasonous things Hillary Clinton for president 2.0 I I ugh. in one sense I would love to see it for the entertainment value but for for the for the other thing I don't think I can go through another nightmare of that crap and all that would do, and, and even if Trump blows her out of the water, we would never see the end of her. She would just keep running her mouth off. All right. I think you, you all know where I stand with Hillary Clinton, at least. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a break. It's 20 minutes on this segment. And when I come back, I'll finish up. I'll see what's on I'm just going to keep on searching for something interesting, something more lighthearted, and finish up with that right after this little pause. You are listening to the World of Games Podcast. Okay, I'm back. Um, I came across this one. I'm going to jump right into it. Matt Lauer, if you don't know who Matt Lauer is, he was a co-host on NBC's Today Show. And he was, uh, back in 2017, was fired from NBC for sexual misconduct. Um... 
there seems to be some light coming to this to the forefront here. It seems that there's an upcoming book by uh let's see, by Ronan Farrow. And uh it's it's called to it's called Catch and Kill. And it has a an article or it has something involved with Matt Lauer. And anyhow, it's really interesting what's been revealed in this book. And it's somehow Variety got a hold of it, of this book. It hasn't been released yet. And it goes into some pretty graphic details about what Matt Lauer did to his accuser and what the accuser is saying right now. So I'm just going to jump into it. This is from the Today Show. And this was released just overnight, actually. So I'll let you hear the first couple minutes of it. And, you know, take it from there. ...to troubling new allegations about former Today co-host Matt Lauer, which were just revealed overnight. And this is Morgan Radford joins us with that story. Hey, Morgan, good morning. Savannah Hoda, good morning. The soon-to-be-released book, Catch and Kill, written by Ronan Farrow, was obtained overnight by Variety and includes an interview with the former NBC News employee whose complaint led to Lauer's firing in 2017. And we do want to warn you that some of the details are very graphic. For the first time, we're hearing from the woman whose complaint led to Matt Lauer's firing. The former NBC News employee, whose identity has been kept anonymous by NBC News at her request, is now speaking out publicly. The woman, Brooke Nevels, sat down with Ronan Farrow for his new book, Catch and Kill. NBC News has not obtained a copy of the book, but Variety did and released details of her interview overnight. In the book, Nevels alleges Lauer raped her in his hotel room at the 2014 Sochi Olympics. According to her account, she had been drinking heavily and went back to his room twice, once to retrieve her press credentials, which she says Lauer had taken as a joke, and a second time after he invited her back, because as Farrow writes, she had no reason to suspect Lauer would be anything but friendly based on prior experience. Once she was in his hotel room, Nevels alleges Lauer pushed her against the door and kissed her, before pushing her onto the bed, flipping her over, asking if she liked anal sex. Farrow writes, she said that she declined several times. According to Nevels, she was in the midst of telling him she wasn't interested again when he just did it. Nevels saying it was painful and that she wept silently into a pillow while it happened. Adding, when Lauer asked if she liked it, she said yes. Nevels also telling Pharaoh, it was non-consensual in the sense that I was too drunk to consent. Adding, it was non-consensual and that I said multiple times that I didn't want to have anal sex. You know, here's the thing, women. I, I, I am not blaming this woman whatsoever. I think it's actually tragic. I have a daughter, trust me. If I knew some shit like this was going off, Matt Lauer would have been dead. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I really have to put it out there like that. I, I, in a sense, I probably, in a metaphoric sense, yeah, he'd be dead. I'd probably want to beat the living shit out of him. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, you know, this, this, this is drinking for you, you know. Because here she's saying, you know, one thing and, you know, that it was consensual in a sense because she was drunk. But on the other hand, the anal sex of it was not consensual. And it seems that he had forced himself onto her. That's a serious, that is a serious, serious accusation, first off. 
what I don't understand is why this had to come out into a book and not come out the day he got the day he got fired. You know, that should have been priority number one. When this all came to light, she should have sat there and talked to somebody. I mean, and it goes on. Hold on. I'll just let it finish off here. Back in New York, according to Variety, Nevels told Pharaoh she had more sexual encounters with Lauer, saying she was... So it's more than once. Right. ...terrified about the control he had over her career. Sources close to Lauer emphasized that she sometimes initiated contact, Pharaoh writes. Nevels, who had been working for former Today co-anchor Meredith Vieira at the Olympics in Sochi, eventually told Vieira in 2017, several years after the Games, what had happened, according to the book. Vieira urged her to go to NBC Universal's Human Resources Department with a lawyer, which she did. The day after that meeting, Lauer was terminated by NBC for inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace. Though Nevels had not wanted money, Farrow writes she went on medical leave in 2018 and was eventually paid seven figures by NBC. <laughs> now, that sounds like a payoff. Sounds like NBC gave her hush money. How many did they say? Six figures? Seven figures? What did I miss? So NBC was trying to shut it up. NBC News right now has no comment on the subject. Interesting. Sneaky little MSNBC. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the moral of this story is, bottom line, ladies, you know, report it. You know, if you got a guy like this taking advantage of you, especially if you've been drinking, I don't care if you've been drinking or not. No person should be taking advantage of another person like that. It's sick. So, I while I do believe Matt Lauer has a right to... to Prove his innocence. Because you are innocent until proven guilty. That's how it works in, in, in the world. That's how it works, at least in America. You know, we got too much of this, especially with the Me Too movement. Too much of this, you're guilty until you can prove your innocence. No, it's the other way around. That's how the justice system works, people. And many of people have gotten beat up. Because people, they've been shamed into hiding. Just look at that one guy. What's his name? Uh, oh, I forgot his name right off the top. You know, especially during that whole Me Too movement thing, people were just dropping like, these guys were just getting railroaded by women. Women were coming out after all these, you know, these guys and, you know, accusing them. Uh <laughs> But you know, then there's that guy. What, what's his name in Hollywood? <clears throat> he's been, he's a scumbag. I wish I had the names right off the top of my head, but I don't. Anyhow, onward. So Matt Lauer, lawyer up. Looks like it's going to be another rocky road for you this year. Um, yeah, I was going through another article, and this is out of a uh, Silicon Valley Business Journal, right? And basically, $13 million Palo Alto home t 
top Santa Clara County's most expensive home sales so far this year. And I'm looking at a picture of this home. <clears throat> I used to live in a home like that. Back in the day. Back in, oh geez. Oh gosh, probably the 1980s. Maybe 90s. But it's a four-bedroom home. Let me just kind of... A four-bedroom, four-bath Palo Alto home that sold for $13 million back in June leads the, the listings for the most expensive home so far this year in Santa Clara County, according to information provided by Coldwell Banker. The home's address in Palo Alto makes it a typ typical of the luxury homes, $3 million plus homes sold, far, uh, sold so far this year. As six of the county's mo 10 most expensive sales of 2019 have been in that city. Now, I've, I, I, I've actually biked through Palo Alto recently. It's in my um, YouTube video, 4th of July video. And I'll tell you one thing. It is an eye-opener what people are buying to live there. How much they're spending, I should say. Excuse me. It's just, it's insane what people are paying. I mean, there was, I think it was in East San Jose. This home was a part, it, it was, it was, it was a shack. It literally was a small little studio cottage. Older model, real older model. And it had caught on fire. Because of where it sat on the property, the land itself was more valuable than the home. It sold for $1.3 million. A burned down home, $1.3 million. Just so they could bulldoze and put, put something on this little tiny plot of land. I'm not going to give you the addresses, but I'm just going to kind of give you the idea of the location. One, two, three. Well, here's one. The top one I just told you was a four-bedroom, four-bath for $13 million. Another one in Palo Alto, seven-bedroom, six-and-a-half bath is for $2 million cheaper. Or just actually, technically, $1.2 million cheaper. That's in Palo Alto. That's a seven-bedroom. At least you get three more bedrooms and a two-and-a-half more bath. That's crazy, man. I got to see what these homes look like. You know, we can't. It just gives you an address. Uh, here's another one in Altos, which is just right nearby. Six bedrooms, seven baths. Six bedrooms, seven baths. I never heard that equation. Usually, there's more bedrooms than baths, but this one has more baths than bedrooms. That's interesting. But I guess you know, with seven bathrooms, you get you get it for nine point just just a squeak under nine point five million dollars. Another one in Palo Alto, eight bedroom, nine bath, nine point, just under nine and a half. Uh, another one in Palo Alto is under nine. Here's another one in Palo Alto. Number six is at eight point nine. Number seven is in Los Altos Hills at six bedroom, eight bath. Boy, that's a weird one. Uh, eight point nine. Palo Alto is at another one in Palo Alto. That's five bedroom, five and a half bath for eight point seven. See so now you kind of see what direction it's going. Uh, Saratoga, six bedroom, six and a half is going. It's a 
only an acre, just under an acre and a half. That's going for $7.785 million. That's nothing, man. Five bedroom, seven bath for $7.5 million. And that's that's under an acre. And so what is the wealthiest community in Silicon Valley? Ladies and gentlemen, I looked it up. The postal code the postal code 94027. It's Atherton, California, which is in between Redwood City, just south of Redwood City and just north of Stanford, Palo Alto area. That one one slice, that little that little tiny sliver of land between 280 and 101 and Highway 84 and Stanford University, just that little area, Atherton, California, the most expensive place to live in Silicon Valley, if not in California. Jesus Christ, man. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, there you go. So I thought I'd go around here in the, just not pure boredom, in the entertainment section here. Fox's News Entertainment section on the web. And what do we got? Belle Thorne celebrates 22nd birthday with bikini photos. It's my birthday, bitch. I don't know who she is, <laughs> but let's check it out real. Bella Thorne is her name. Looks like a young gal. And there, yeah, bikini photos. 20, boy, 22. God, I wish I was 22 again. How many of you out there, middle-aged motherfuckers like me, wish you were 22 again? Mmm. And God bless her. Happy birthday. Uh, what else is uh, I'm just kind of flipping around. Uh, don't know who he is. Thomas Ravenel's sexual assault lawsuit with former nanny settled. He'll pay $80,000 to non-profit. <laughs> and what else is going on in the entertainment world? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is in, is in the news. He's still relevant? I didn't even know that. Justin Bieber says he and Haley Baldwin saved sex for marriage. There you go. Bieber being a, being a gentleman. I think, is she... Haley Baldwin, is she one of the Baldwins? Is that the one who got um, yelled at by her father over the phone? What's his name? The guy that pretends he's Trump. I forgot which Baldwin that was. Uh, and there's a picture of him. Pulling a, a garter off of her her leg. It's a good for him. He's pulling... He, he got married, huh? I didn't even know that. I mean, that tells you how relevant he is these days, right? Uh, Jennifer Aniston accuses Harvey Weinstein. Okay, that's that guy I was thinking of. Harvey Weinstein. Of piggish behavior and bullying. <laughs> Miley Cyrus serenaded by Cody Simpson in hospital after singer reveals tonsillitis diagnosis. 
she's always had a weird voice. She always had a, she has a smoker's voice. You ever notice that? Elton John hijacked Rolling Stone's concert high on cocaine. Keith Richards was not happy. <laughs> There's one to talk. Keith Richards was not happy that Elton John hijacked a concert high on cocaine. And of course, I'm going to have to t just uh, take a look at this article real, uh, real quick. Uh, it says here, uh, this is uh, from St uh, Stephanie... Nolasco of New Fox News. Elton John admitted at his appearance in a 75 Rolling Stones concert wasn't his finest hour. The legendary British artist opened uh, opened up about his infamous performance in a new memoir titled Me, out on October 15th. The 72-year-old 72, the 72 recalled the Colorado gig in which he was supposed to join the band just for a rendition of Honky Tonk Woman. However, he ended up staying for the remainder of the set while high on cocaine. <laughs> In an excerpt recently published by UK's Daily Mail, John admitted that if he hadn't been under the influence, I might have just performed Honky Tonk Woman, waved to the crowd, and made my exit. But that's not how things went. <laughs> I decided I decided it was going so well I'd stay on on and jam along with the rest of their set without first taking the precaution of asking the Stones if they wanted an auxiliary keyboard player, wrote John. He goes on to say for a while I thought Keith Richards was staring at me because he he awestruck by the brilliance of my improvised contributions to their au revoir. After a few songs, I finally penetrated my brain that the expression on his face wasn't really suggestive of profound musical appreciation, John, uh, added John. According to John, he quickly scuttled off, noting as I, went, as I went that Keith was still staring at me in a manner that suggested we'd be discussing this later and decided it might be best if I didn't hang around for the after-show party. But there was something more to cocaine than the way it made me feel, he continued. Cocaine had a certain cachet about it. It was fashionable and exclusive. Doing it was like becoming a member of an elite little clique that secretly indulged in something edgy, dangerous, and illicit. Pathetic, pathetically enough, that really ap appealed to me. I'd become successful and popular, but I never felt cool. And it goes on to talk about his autobiography. It's very interesting. You know, I've I seen that, uh, that movie, Rocket Man. I believe that's what, it, what it's called. Good movie. Really good movie. I recommend that. The Secret Life of Elton John. Yeah, I, I really, you know, I'm not a big Elton John fan, but I'll tell you one thing, you know. I got nothing against him, you know. This music, he's got some good hits out there. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, big, oh, you know. Big Elton John fan here, man. I got to go to every show. and No, I'm not that guy. But, uh, you know, he put out some good music. I give him credit. He's, he's legendary. 
what else is there? Clinton makes better. <laughs> now here's the article. They just released this article as I'm flipping through the, the website. Hillary Clinton muses about 2020 rematch against Trump. I can beat him again. Okay, just off the title alone, listen to this title. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it to you again. <clears throat> excuse me. Excuse my voice. Okay? The video's about to pop up. i got to pause it. <clears throat> Hillary Clinton muses about 2020 rematch against Trump. Quoting, this is her quoting, I can beat him again. Where does she live? I think she lives in upstate New York. She doesn't live at the White House. She lives in upstate New York. What do you mean she can beat him again? She didn't beat him. What, because you, you say you got the popular vote? I thought you studied the Constitution. I thought you studied government in school. Civics 101, bitch. You know, just she disgusts me, man. She really does. You know? It's like, what the fuck? Why don't you go away? Go away. She got her and her, her daughter running around these television shows. It's like, shut up. I'm talking about... Just shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. Here we go. This is a, this is a clip. I'll play. What the hell? This is off of Tucker Carlson. I seen this last night. He's got a better way of, you know, announcing it than I do. Let's listen to Tucker Carlson here real quick. Hillary Clinton has not, as you know, gone gently into that good night. Instead, she spent the past three years on a worldwide excuses tour. Now she's stepped up <laughs> the game. Hillary isn't just telling you that her 2016 defeat wasn't her fault, the fault of racist and sexist. Now she's saying she didn't actually lose at all. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. Yeah, that is just... And she is insane, man. I can go off on this woman, man. I'm telling you. In the 2016 election, Trump basically said, Russia, if you're listening, you will be richly rewarded if you can find Hillary Clinton's emails. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that at all. I heard him, actually, if I remember correctly, I heard him just say, hey, you know, if you guys, you know, go ahead. Do whatever you gotta do. He he wasn't even president then. He was just letting Russia fuck with her. She sounds like that shift guy. Go ahead, make up some dirt on here. On him or her. Make up some dirt. Exaggerating the truth, I should say. And of course, we know the Russians hacked the DNC hacked my campaign, etc. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Yay! Yay! Shut up. You're a loser. You're a sore loser. You lost. Pick yourself up off the floor of the woods, the ground... <laughs> the floor of the woods. Uh, just pick yourself up and shut up. 
You, if you if you think you you should have been rightfully the president, well, get back into the race. I would love to see you out there again. Author and columnist Mark Stein joins us tonight. So Trump isn't really the president. I think that's no. what she's saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into more of that. I mean, she's just absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> well. That's all I got. <clears throat> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. My throat is really acting up. <clears throat> Coffee's not doing it. <clears throat> Anyhow, I'm going to go. Uh, there wasn't really too much to talk about, but Hillary Clinton, that, that is probably the... That was the showstopper for the day. She claims she's a president. She's the rightful president. And she may return. Good luck with that. All right, I'm done. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. I hope everybody has a wonderful Wednesday. Take a moment to check out my YouTube video, World of Dan. That's capital W-O-R-L-D, capital O-F, capital D-A-N, World of Dan, all one word. There are no spaces in between those words. And check out some of my videos. Please give it a thumbs up and all that great stuff so hopefully tomorrow i'll have something to talk about but actually if there's really nothing major to talk about that's good news no news actually is good news when you really think about it that being said uh again thank you for checking in and stopping by and taking a listen please take a you know moment to subscribe here to my podcast i appreciate it or on my um, YouTube channel. Subscribe, favorite, thumbs up, share it, all that good stuff. That being said, I need to rest my voice. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace out.